right, what's poppin' everyone? KP here, and we are here on site at I2E2, and we have a very special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is M. Fletcher Brown, and I am the uh, afternoon host for Kix 96, 96.1 FM in Florence Muscle Shoals area. Uh, I am a graduate of UNA. I graduated uh, in 1998, and I've been working professionally in broadcasting for 25 years at Big River Broadcasting. Yay! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> For my next trick. <laughs> you can tell he works in radio just by his voice alone. Like, this is how he sounds, like, in real life, you guys, like, literally. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us a little bit about what just happened um, in I2E2? Oh, okay, so the, the panel. All right. right. Uh, KP, can I call you KP? Yeah. All right, KP and I, um, we just uh, completed a panel on I2E2 for... Uh, diversity. It, it was basically talking about our experiences as a current or former student at the University of North Alabama and our experiences with diversity on campus and what our hopes for diversity on campus and in our worlds, uh, what that looks like for us. And it was really actually a very interesting panel. I think there were, what, a total of five of us on this yeah, panel? Yeah, there was. Yeah. So, um, and uh, honestly, I think the, the, the panel was fairly well represented as far as like the diversity of panel, you know, right. panelists anyway, uh, between current and former students, um, at least one of them is employed, maybe two, I think were employed here yeah. at the university uh, and, uh, and the age range. And there's so much when it comes to the, the question of diversity, there is so much you can learn by listening to people uh, in differing age, general, generationally. Uh, about what our ideas of diversity are and what, and what our experiences with diversity are and what it means to us. Because I would look now and say, having graduated from UNA in 1998, I would be inclined to say, man, this campus is so much more diverse than, when it, than it was when I was here. But that would be doing a disservice to those people who are here now if I didn't listen and listen to their concerns about how diverse it still could become right yeah so you know because unfortunately when i think of diversity because of my generation at the time my brain is wired to think of diversity in terms of, of race um and you know whether and, and cultural diversity but in 2021 i've learned that there is so much more to that conversation about what is and what makes up a diverse group and a diverse community. Um, we're talking about, you know, more than just cultural identity. We're talking right. now like spiritual identity, um, gender identity, sexual orientation, just, you know, what, what have you. Um, there's all of these, these levels of what it is to be human. And I'm someone who I, I just have always wanted to kick the door open and say, there's room at this table for literally everybody. Sit down, tell us, Tell us what you want us to know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I really liked what you said in the panel, which is everyone should just shut up and listen. And, and that, like, you know, obviously it got a laugh, but it's something I think a lot of people need to take that advice. Just be quiet, listen. Don't act like you know more about people's experiences than the people who are experiencing them. So how did you wind up in Florence? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh. Okay, how many times have I had to explain how I ended up? <laughs> and it's, it always feels like, like how did you? How did up? you? How yeah. did you get here? <laughs> All right, so I was, uh, I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is uh, the home of the University of Michigan. Uh, and and I, my earliest memories of life are actually of California. 
But um, I was born and spent the early, my, my early childhood in between California and Michigan. When I was about 12 or 13, I think, we moved to Pennsylvania, spent about a year and a half in Pennsylvania. And then in and around the, the late 80s, like 88, 89-ish, uh, actually, no, I'll take that back. It was actually much sooner than that. It was actually more like 84, 85-ish. We landed in Alabama. The reason we moved around so much, my father, as I'd said in the panel, my father is an engineer. Right. He's, he's, he's long since retired. Now he's 84. But his job, uh, if you go to Athens, the Browns Ferry Nuclear Power Plant, that project uh, in the mid-80s when they were still building that, uh, that project brought my father and my family here. Oh, cool. And so Alabama is where I've, I've lived in this state longer than any other state in my entire life. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I hope you have enjoyed your time here. <laughs> I have. I mean, there's, it's, I wouldn't be who I am now had I not. So That's yeah. true. And I feel like Alabama gets a lot of flack, but I mean, I, I was born and raised here, so I kind of can't imagine myself anywhere mm -hmm. else, at, at least as of right now. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk a little bit about your time at UNA? Like what made you choose UNA? Oh, wow. That's an interesting story. Um, I kind of chose UNA by default. I was actually, my two best friends in high school, we, the three of us wanted to go to Jack State University. Right. And they went on to school. They went to Jack State right out of high school. I decided I was going to breathe for a semester. I said, I don't, I don't want to leave high school and go straight to college. I'm going to just take a breath. I'm going to stay home, figure out who I am. I'm going to work a job. And if by this time... You know, in six months to a year, I'm ready. I feel like school is really, really calling me, then I'm gonna go. And it really only took just like, you know, working at, at a Walmart. This is long before they were super <laughs> Walmarts. This was before they were super, this was just when they were just Walmarts, right? Right. And I worked there with my mother, by the way, my mother who worked in domestics, um, for like that summer through the winter, and I was ready to go to school. I said, you know what? Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Come, come spring semester, I'm going down to Jack State. <laughs> well, I had been accepted. I'd, I'd, I'd um, submitted to Jack State and I'd submitted to UNA. And I'd actually submitted to Montevallo. Montevallo was like, nah, sorry, nah, you're not, no, you're not, you're not Montevallo material. But UNA said, yeah, you're cool. Come here. And so did Jack State. But my two best friends were living in a one-bedroom apartment down there. And something bad happened, and they ended up having to leave that apartment. Like, I think their landlord ran off of the rent receipts or something like that. Oh, gosh. And, they were, and the new people that took over were like, yeah, you can't live two people in a one-bedroom unless you're a married couple. Are you married? And they were like, no. So <laughs> they had to get out, and then they called me, and they said, we don't have a place to live right now. So by, I was actually packed and ready to go to Jack State, but I had no place to live, so I panicked and came to UNA. That's actually, that's actually how that happened. I panicked and came to UNA. <laughs> that's that's probably what I should have just said. I, I panicked. I panicked, and, and, and then came I to and now I'm here. Well, so yeah, and now here I am, like all these years later with a degree. So <laughs> I panicked and came to UNA. So um, I know you talked a little bit about this on the p panel, but um, what kind of changes have you seen? Oh my gosh, um, the the one that strikes me the most is this bridge out here outside. Do you guys <laughs> still call this the Guck? Is this still the Guck? Um, this building? You know. I've never heard anyone call it that, okay. but I'm sure there are people who call it that. Well, I've noticed that in a couple of the things, the emails I got, they said, come to the guck. And I'm like, okay, someone knows my generation because this <laughs> was the guck then. But um, the building itself is basically the same with a few minor adjustments, but there's this bridge out front that right. leads over to the park that was not there. When I was here, 
And if you go through the doors there, and like instead of crossing the bridge, under the bridge, that was a road that people would drive up and down. Ooh, fun. Yeah, it, I mean, it was one way. You'd start at, like, come in, like, by Bib Graves and just go all the way down <laughs> to, uh, I guess, is that still, like, LaGrange Hall down there at the bottom yeah, of the hill? Yeah, it doesn't, like, host people, but it's still there. Okay, but, but it, it was LaGrange. It was, a, I think it was the ladies' dorm, one of, like, two or three women's dorms, I think, um, where the guys really only had rivers, and then there was, like, Rice LaGrange. Well, I'll take that back. There was Lafayette Hall, but that was co-ed. I lived in Lafayette for a while. But um, is Lafayette Hall still a thing? It's still a thing, yeah. Is it? It's where the honor students are. Well, it was well, it was then. It was too. And okay, I'm like, yeah. I don't know how the heck I got in it because I was sure Tech was not an honor student. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> I got in like, there. They were just like, come live here. Hey. I think maybe they just wanted a more diverse uh, group of people in there. So they just brought me this. We need honor students, but also some not so honor students. <laughs> we're going to make it diverse. So I think that's what happened. But yeah, that the bridge sense. That, that leads across to the to the amphitheater. Yeah, that 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 wasn't a thing when I was here, and it just blows my mind every time I see it. Because it, it, I feel like I want to come up here at night and walk on it. Right. But I have a feeling like I'm afraid I'd get arrested, <laughs> and they they wouldn't understand that I just want to, to have this experience that I could have had in the mid '90s, but they they didn't have that. Yeah, that's sad. It well, is very sad. You know, maybe. Maybe one day you can walk on the bridge. I'll bring some music and do like a Gene Kelly bit. And yeah. Across the bridge. And then if they try to arrest me, they'll be like, oh, we're going to arrest. No, he's doing a Gene Kelly thing. Yeah. Now he's dancing. Now he's good. Heck yeah. Nobody's dancing is ever uh, <laughs> doing anything illegal. So it'll let him go. I believe that, honestly. I would vouch for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I also think it's funny that there was a road because I feel like now, like, the, I have, like, lost all fear of being ran over. Uh, yeah, don't so do that. I, I, I feel like that would have um, not been a good situation for oh, everyone. Yeah. It was, oh, and <laughs> I will tell you this, people almost got run over. There, we had right. lots of I, students. I believe that, sincerely. Yeah. It was not uncommon you know, for the you know, kids to go down that hill with their backpacks talking to each other, not, not, not on their phones. We didn't really have the phone thing in the mid-90s like you guys do now, yeah. where people are staring at their hand. No, they were just walking down and talking to themselves, talking to each other, or just, just generally not paying attention. And somebody would come speeding down that road from <laughs> up the Bib Graveside, and, you, and, they, and you'd see someone almost get hit. Luckily, nobody ever did, but there were a couple of wrecks. There right. were a couple of wrecks. Wow, that's, mm -hmm. that's interesting to know. Maybe it's a good thing they got rid of that. Yeah, um, Also, we, we do call it the GUC. I, I just haven't heard people call it the guck. How do you call it the G-U-C and not call it the guck? I don't know. One follows See, the other. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm going to start calling it the guck. Oh, please I, I do will, that. I will just bring it back myself. It kind of sounds like gack. Yeah. <laughs> like the Nickelodeon stuff. I say that should be a band. like make make the G-U-C the guck again. The guck. Make it guck again. And and save gack. And and, <laughs> I mean sell gack. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have that as a kid, so I make a lot of jokes about it. About gack? Yeah. Is that the gooey stuff? The gooey that, stuff. Yeah. yeah. My dad, he was he he did not want anything like that or like silly putty. Um, yeah. Me and my brother, we weren't allowed to have silly strings when we were younger, and so when I was like 18, my mom bought both of us silly strings, and he was like 20 at the time, and we had a silly string fight. I don't know how that ties into the story. It just reminded me of that. Oh, I mean, that's not that's that's not a problem because I mean, we, <laughs> we did those things in college. We, <laughs> we didn't have gag, but we had silly string. Silly string's always been a thing, and silly string fights are the best. Right, I, I believe that fully. It kind of turned into like um, Mad Max at some point, though. <laughs> 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 okay, I love that. That's great. <laughs> so, what kind of changes do you anticipate at UNA? Okay, um, I. I don't know. At this rate, an airport, I don't know. 
um, anything really, because I mean, you've got the parking deck, which I'm not really sure if that, I mean, you guys are students, so did the parking deck help at all? Um, it helped, and then um, everyone decided to park in it, <laughs> and so it's full all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, so maybe park, I, I would say, especially now that UNA is a Division One school, um, and I guess, I'm assuming uh, that uh, attendance is up. Yeah, uh, it is. Parking is going to be an issue again. Right. So the the most practical change I can see, the one that it, I, I would I would anticipate having, you know, the needing the most immediate response would be the parking situation. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, that, yes. <laughs> I what, can't even say anything else except. What is this building over here that's just through, on the other side of the GUC here? The, it's got the coffee shop in it. And um, what is it? Because that wasn't here. Those when, are the commons. Okay, the commons. Yes. I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not. I'm not hating on it because I, I've been in it and I think it's wonderful. I think it's brilliant. I just don't understand why it is because when we didn't have it when we were here, what purpose does it serve? Are there classes taught in there? There are classes in there. Okay. And it's really nice to like just grab a Starbucks before you go to class. Okay. In my experience. Isn't that what this building is for? Well, there's not a Starbucks here. Oh, okay. So, well, okay. Well, see, there used to be just like we're looking at this window here from the loft and. I'm seeing what looks like a little market. Yeah. All right, so there's this little market. That used to be nothing but a corner with a mobile coffee stand in it. That's fun. Yeah, and that's all. And there were tables, and we would sit there, and my friends and I would sit there and play chess. And we would skip class to sit there and play chess. <laughs> to play chess. Yes. Like, sorry, I can't make it today. I'm real sick. Oh, yeah, no, we didn't No, We didn't even bother with the <laughs> calling ahead. There was just, we just didn't go to class. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't done that a couple of times. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like that's part of the college ex experience is just like, because like in high school, you like have to go. And then in college, it, it, um, professors are like, yeah, I'm not going to count you off if you're not here. And I'm like, hmm. That's exactly what I told my son. Huh. I told him, I said, you know what, son, you need to go to class and take school seriously. But remember, skipping class is part of the college experience. Amen. Just make sure you have a really good reason. So, um, I feel like we got off on a bit of a tangent. You're a very easy person to talk to. Well, That's why it's you. just like... Thank you. Um, so, what opportunities did you get at UNA that you don't think you would have gotten anywhere else? Okay, that's a... Okay. Ah, man, what opportunities did I get at UNA that I probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere else? That's, for me, that's really hard to answer because you have to understand that I believe that so much of opportunity is is laid in front of you, but more opportunity is what you go and get. Um, if you want opportunity, opportunity hides itself from you. And a lot of times you stumble into opportunities that you don't, you, if you sit and tell yourself, I'll never do this thing because I haven't had an opportunity to do it, I will ask you, is like, well, what have you done to seek that opportunity? Right. All right, That's, that would be my first question of that conversation because it's obviously a much longer conversation. For me personally, I would have to say that I didn't do anything really while I was here but theater, with one exception. The one thing that I did here that I don't think I would have done had I been anywhere else was being a founding father of the Theta Eta chapter of ATO on this campus. Yeah. That was a special set of circumstances at a special time in, the, in a moment in this campus's history that I just happened to be adjacent to and ended up becoming a major player in. 
Yeah, that's really awesome. Do you want to talk, like, kind of, like, emphasize more on that? So how did that happen? Um, oh, okay, so one day I was in Lafayette Hall, where my room was, and my roommate at the time came in with a guy I'd never met before. And, well, actually, two guys. There were two guys I'd never met before. So there was, like, you know, four of us standing in, in our dorm room. And my roommate said, hey, me and these guys here have been talking, and we really want to start a fraternity. We want to bring Alpha Tau Omega back to campus because UNA at the time didn't have an ATO chapter, but it had an ATO chapter back in the 80s that had gotten kind of suspended. The chapter had been suspended uh, nationally back in the late 80s. And so, or mid 80s, I'm sorry. And then my friends here, like a decade or so later, were like, we want to bring it back. And my, my roommate was like, I don't want to do this without you. I already consider you my brother, so I would like to be able to actually call you my brother in a physical capacity. So the four of us decided, okay, well, let's figure out what we got to do to make this happen. And we found, like, two more guys uh, that, you know, we knew. Uh, not all of us knew one another, but we trusted that we weren't going to bring anybody in that was um, detrimental to what we were trying to do. That's what we had, we, we trusted one another not to have a bad, ju- not to have bad judgment on who to work with. So six of us sat in a, in, in the attic of an apartment house, rather, uh, just down on Spring Street, just down here on the end of Pine Street, as you you know, with a curve that goes yeah. down the river bottom. Right before you get to that curve, there's a street called Spring Street. And there was a house there. And that was where the six of us gathered for the first time and talked about what we wanted out of a fraternity. And from that, we ended up becoming a local fraternity uh, called Beta Delta Alpha. We called ourselves BDA, Beta Delta Alpha. And in the years, I loved how mythology works because my ATO brothers, and, and the, the grandchildren, I called them, have asked me before, they're like, did that mean beer drinkers of America? And I'm like, no. No, it didn't mean, I mean, we were American beer drinkers. We, we were, but we, that wasn't what that meant. <laughs> That's not what it was supposed to be. No, Beta Delta Alpha had a very different uh, uh, meaning, but uh, it wasn't beer drinkers <laughs> of America. I'm glad, though, that you think it was. But we had decided that the six of us, we decided we wanted to build, because we had all had, at the time, we had all had bad experiences with the current fraternity system at that time. Right. We had all had um, either gone through Rush or had considered going through Rush, but something in the system at the time turned us off. And so we ended up not doing it. And so the six of us sat down and we said, all right, well, those guys are those guys and they can be those guys. What? Who are the guys that we want to be? And we wanted to be a group of like-minded, diverse young men who, you know, knew how to have fun, but at the same time wanted to, you know, build brotherhood and community and do the things that idealistically fraternity Greek uh, letter organizations say that they want. And, and that's just, that was the idea that we started with. Yeah. And, you know, here we are. And that was in 1996 was when we met in that, in that, in that attic, in that house on Spring Street in 96. Through 97, we worked and worked and worked. And before we knew it, you know, ATO National came knocking on our door. And they were like, hey, um, we kind of want to put a chapter back here. Would you guys be interested in doing that? And 
we were like, you do realize that you were our first choice, right? <laughs> we were actually told by someone at the university at that time that um, we couldn't happen. And we were literally told, literally, that we couldn't be a, a recognized fraternity because UNA wasn't ready for a multicultural, diverse, interracial uh, uh, fraternity organization at the time. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, maybe we're not ready for it because you keep telling us we're not we're ready, not ready for, for it, it and right. we, you won't let us have it. You know, but uh, that person later, you know, they went away and other, you know, more um, accepting people came in. And before we knew it, we were ATO and Theta Eta was born. That's awesome. So how did your time at UNA prepare you for the real world? Oh, the outside world. The outside world. How now, I kind of I hate that phrase because, like, people, like, my parents are always like, you know nothing about the real world. And I'm like, can I be honest? <laughs> be honest. Be so honest. I don't feel like it did. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean to, to in any way impugn the integrity of this, organ, of this institution. Right. Because I loved my time at UNA, and I miss my time at UNA. And that's why whenever UNA says, come and do a thing for us, I run to go do the thing. <laughs> but I don't believe that I was prepared here in anything but learning who I was. Right. Uh, but once I mean getting out into the world, that is, you're not, I don't know that you're ever really prepared for that. Because you, I know we, we've talked a little bit about our early education on the panel. Right. And, when, and you know, the, where we come from. Once you're out of school, once you're out of the arms of your parents or the institutions that your parents give money to, <laughs> to educate you, once you're on your own, that is a whole nother level of education. Right. And nothing really prepares you for that. I liken it to, you know, the, the bird that leaves the nest and has to fly for the first time. Yeah. You know, because it's like, we, we use that analogy a lot, but we never really think about what that means because the bird spends a great deal of time sitting in that nest being fed by, you know, the, the mother bird or the father bird or what have you. And, they don't really do things on their own. And then one day, you know, the parent, they, they feel the strength of the wings and they're excited they want to do that, but it's scary. And then the parent probably helps them along and kicks them right out of the nest. And, you know, <laughs> my parents did for sure. And then they got to fly. And it doesn't really matter how many times they sat in the nest and watched their mother bird fly in and out. It doesn't matter what, you know, they thought they learned. They suddenly have to do this thing. And there's no safety net. They, they might fall, they might fly. Nothing prepares you for that. Right. You know, so when I, when I got my degree, I handed it to my father and I said, here, this is yours, you paid for it. And he was looked at me and I said, yeah, just, I don't need it. Just take it home, put it on the wall or something. And they went home and I went back to my apartment at the time where I lived with my girlfriend at the time. And... Um, I was like, well, I guess the rest of my life starts today. I was already working. I was doing uh, overnights at uh, Q107 at that time. Um, but the what next was really just kind of that big overhanging question. I had a degree in theater. I'm working in radio. What do I want to do? Right. 
And I, and I don't know if college could have answered that question. I think college is the place where you answer that question for yourself. No teacher is going to tell you what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You have to know that. And I didn't. Right. You know, so, I mean, I've been doing radio for the last 25 years. It just kind of became what I did, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I really appreciate the honest answer, because I feel like you so could have, like, sugarcoated that. No. That, like, that, like, hit hard. Mm -hmm. it, it's really made me think, and I hope it makes people who are listening to this think a lot. So, um, that's the end of my questions. Do you have anything you would like to discuss? Um, uh, okay, so... I'm, I got to say that this, whatever, I'm not sure, does, cinematic arts, is it what you said, yes. that this was the umbrella? Uh, School of the Arts is like, it has, it, it, it consists of three departments, which <laughs> is the Department of Music, the Department of Visual Arts, and then the Department of Cinematic Arts in okay. Theater. Okay. Um, so theater is included in this. So yes. It's sort of like, because see, when I was here, it was just communications. And yeah. communications or communications in theater. My actual degree says communications uh, area four emphasis theater, I think, or with a focus on theater is what it right, says. Yeah. So communications was the umbrella term, but now it's cinematic arts. I want to tell you that I'm very, very jealous <laughs> of the cinematic arts department. Um, uh, Michael and JP, I know the guys, the film guys. Yeah. I know both of them. I've worked with their students. Um, and whenever their students say, hey, we're doing a film, will you be in it? And I'm like, uh, just give me the time. I need to be there. <laughs> and yeah, because I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what I wanted to do when I was here. Yeah. I wanted to act and do film and write. I wanted to write. I wanted to act. I wanted to direct. I wanted to do all the things. But there was no course for that here yeah there wasn't and now there is and there are students that that you know they have film projects they have equipment that's amazing like this your setup just looking at this <laughs> i'm like we didn't have anything like this you carried this in here that's a mac you carried <laughs> that in here from uh, another place and set it here and set and there's not a teacher staring at you going don't drop that there's not <laughs> there's nothing and it's like and you've got like you've got a whole freaking apple desktop that you're sitting here and i'm looking at this and i'm like when i was here we had the computer lab downstairs below this the floor where we're sitting right below this was the computer lab yeah and that was where we're, that was where it was we didn't carry stuff like this to different places and podcasting but when i graduated in 98 podcasting was a thing i mean it was a lot of people were there was like eight guys worldwide doing it seriously oh, wow. yeah there was like seriously there was like eight guys maybe in 98 that had a podcast by 99 or 2000 there were maybe 12 guys you know and then suddenly you know it exploded with like serial i'm obsessed with podcasts and podcasting i love it yeah so i'm the fact that you have this opportunity to create this and to learn this art form, this new medium, I'm jealous because I want to come back as an undergrad <laughs> and do these things, yeah. you know, and have this experience. My daughter is, um, she took, she's like me, she took some time off after high school, she hasn't started school yet, and she's looking at coming to UNA, and I just told her, I said, now is a beautiful time to come to UNA. Yeah. It really, really is a great time to be at UNA. 
I, I, I've, yeah, I, and I never really guess, like, like, considered the cinematic arts being really cool. That's why I came here, because there aren't a lot of colleges that are doing this. You know, a lot of them, it's, like, communications with a film emphasis, mm -hmm. kind of like you said. There's not really anything that's, like, hey, this is cinematic arts and theater, which are, like, two of my loves. I was going to double major mm -hmm. in film and theater, and then they were, like, here, here's one major, and I was, like, like, the heavens, like, open yeah. <laughs> the moment I decided to come to UNA. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you have anything like upcoming, anything you want to like plug, like a website or social media or your radio station? Honestly, um, <laughs> we're, we just do so many things. Yeah. Um, I would say that when it, in the world of radio, there's always something upcoming. And I would invite you not to participate in any one thing that I know that we're about to do. And instead invite you, especially if you're a student of in any way, even adjacent to broadcasting, I would invite you to rediscover radio. Uh, I know a lot of the generation under me, my kids, you know, they're about your age. Yeah. Um, they, they say they don't listen to a lot of radio, but they, they do, but because their dad is a radio guy. So they do listen to the radio, but th my son isn't really into music, not really, you know, so he doesn't listen to a whole lot, Maybe pretty much when he's in the gym. My daughter, she's into the weird stuff, the <laughs> stuff that, like, even when I was a young, her age, I would have been like, that's weird, why are you listening to that? <laughs> and you know, that kind of stuff doesn't play on the radio. But there's so much more to radio than just, you know, the hot popular songs. Yeah. If you have, if you're a theater student, if you're a television broadcasting student, um, if you're a sound student, uh, a video, what have you, I invite you, really invite you, to really rediscover radio as a medium. It is, we just celebrated 100 years. I think oh, it was, wow. yeah, I think it was November, November 7th, 1920. Yeah, November 7th, 19, I think it was 1920. Katie, um, KDKA did the first commercial broadcast. Uh, and so we just we just had a centennial last year. We're 101 years now. Actually, actually in a, what a little over a month, month and a half, you know, we're we're 101 years of, of broadcast radio. You don't exist for that long if you're dead or dying. Yeah. Radio is not a dying medium, and people people think, well, I don't do that thing, so that thing must not be relevant. And I'm like, no, 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 it's still very relevant. In fact, you probably do do it. You just don't realize you do it because you're not focused on it. Yeah. But you you probably will find that there are instances in your life when you're near a radio, you hear a radio, you you use your radio, you in your car, uh, maybe you know you have an alarm clock radio that you wake up to, maybe maybe you wake up to an iPad. It doesn't really matter what you think the reality of broadcast radio is. Find out the actual reality of, of what broadcast radio is. It's evolving. And, I, and the reason I say that is because we need you. We need folks like you to come in and help radio evolve further, to continue in its evolution, um, and to remain a relevant medium. Because it is, it's still a very relevant medium. I mean, uh, the, the numbers still bear out. Uh, it's still the number one uh, source for new music discovery nationwide. Most people who learn, who discover new music, they do it with the radio. That number is is 
shrinking a little bit, but only because, I mean, it's, it's, it's 2021 in the mid-90s when I started, 97 when I started, there was no Spotify, there was no Pandora, there was no um, YouTube. Right. There, there weren't any of these other options. I mean, if you wanted new music, you pretty much, I mean, you had Napster, I think, at the end of the 90s. You had the internet, but then you had like, what was that, the MIDI files? Oh, gosh, save me from MIDI files. Oh, those horrible, horrible MIDIs. But when it came to people just wanting to hear music, I mean, people still turned on the radio, and they still do. Your generation doesn't think about it, but more than likely, you if you started paying attention to just an average week of your life, count how many times in a week you are near a radio either by choice or just by accident, and you hear a radio station. Right. You know, and a, whether it's a, a DJ talking about something or a song uh, played on the radio or a commercial, it's still a very relevant medium, and I invite you, especially you guys, because you guys are working in this medium that is so relevant to radio right now, and radio is still got a ways to go in understanding where you fit into our paradigm, but you do fit into that paradigm, and radio needs you, and all of you. Um, like I said, I was a theater. My degree is in theater. I wanted to be an actor and a writer. I spent 25 years I'm a radio program and an operations manager. And, and my, my background in theater has helped me out a great deal, believe it or not, yeah. in my career. So I just, I invite you to please rediscover my, uh, my profession. Radio, yeah. radio can serve you. I've always kind of grown up around radio. My dad, like, mm-hmm. he only listens to radio pretty much. So I like I, your dad. I, I think <laughs> tell him I said hello. Uh, I'll tell you. He's listening right now, so you can say it. Hey, hi, hey hi dad. dad. Thank you. <laughs> So, um, yeah, he's going to very much encourage me to go into radio after <laughs> listening to this podcast. So um, this is my final segment. I'm going to put it up here. So I ask all of our guests three fun questions. Okay. And one day we're going to come up w- with a name for this. Okay. That day is not today, but one day. <laughs> um, so my first question is, what is your favorite radio show? Oh, my favorite radio show. I don't really, I mean... There's mine, uh, but I don't actually <laughs> recommend people listen to me. Um, probably, I love, honestly, I love countdown shows. So we, we run a show called Country Countdown USA yeah. on Saturday mornings with Lon Helton. Uh, I'm, I really love listening to that because Lon, I actually know Lon personally, and uh, he spends, he, he does a really good job, you know, you know with, uh, he has artists that guest host with him. And, and I love the way Lon interviews and yeah. I, I love that his style and, and how he gets people to talk about themselves and their career and keeps it interesting and lon i think lon is a is a really good example of good radio personality yeah so um i noticed in one of your fun facts you do a little voice acting <laughs> so who is your favorite voice actor oh kari payton yeah you know kari payton i the name sounds so okay familiar. uh do you watch walking dead uh, I do not. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Mark over guys. here is watching. Mark. <laughs> He's um, uh, King Ezekiel. He's also. Do you watch? Do you watch uh, uh, like uh, the Teen Titans on? Yeah. Okay. He's the voice of Cyborg. Oh! Oh my gosh! 
gosh. Okay, so I do know him. Yes. Yes. He's the voice of Cyborg, and he does a lot of other. He did the voice of Cyborg in both uh, versions of the Teen Titans. Yeah. The 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 original awesome one and this and Teen Titans Go Teen thing. Teen Titans Go. We don't talk about Teen Titans. We don't Go talk here. about Teen Titans Go. Here. I mean, exist. I watch it because it's on. I mean, the thing about Teen Titans Go. It's funny. It's like hilarious. I've watched it. It's so funny. It's just so hard to be like, this is Teen Titans, you yeah. know? And uh, so Kari Payton and then there's Tara Strong. Uh, both I of love them. her. Okay, I, met, I met her. Did you? Yes, she's so nice. Because oh, I, 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 I want to be a voice actress. So that's why I was really excited when you were like, oh, mm -hmm. um, I, I do a little voice work. Um, and I met her and I told her I wanted to be a voice actress. And like when I left, she was like, oh, I hope I get to work with you one day. I was like, <laughs> I hope so too. That's, oh, that's great. If you talk to her again, <laughs> tell her I said hi. And, I will. And I love, and I always try to, I love trying to pick, when I see her name in the credits, yeah. she's so good. She's so good. <laughs> that whenever I see her name in the credits, I'm like, all right, which voice is hers? Which she, voice is she her? Was that was Tara Strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Kari Payton. It's like the the timber of his voice. Yeah, it's it's hard for him to hide, even when he's doing a voice that's not his typical voice. It's hard for him to hide that just the the smooth timber of his voice. Yeah, but Tara, like she's missed minutes on the Loki. Uh, yeah, and I'm like. Oh, she is so good. She's amazing. You know, I would never have known that was her unless it didn't say Tara Strong is Ms. Minutes. Yeah, it's so cool. There's a lot of voice actors that I'm mm -hmm. like, if you don't know their name, you probably know them. You just oh, don't yeah. know you know them. 100. Like when you were saying about um, Cyborg, yeah. <laughs> I already forgot his name, but I know him because mm -hmm. I grew up with Teen Titans. And uh, Jim Cummings is a big oh, one. Yes. He's, he's my favorite. I've also met him. I, I go to a lot of fan conventions, so I'm always like, yeah, I met Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> he actually does my vo brother's voicemail. And uh, Gray Delisle, do you know her? No. Which one? Wait. The name. Right. Why do I know she, the name? Um, she voiced Daphne. She's voice. She's the current voice of Daphne oh, in Scooby Doo, and okay. she voiced like Vicky and Fairly Odd Parents, things like that. She does that's my it. voice that's, now. It's Fairly Odd Parents. That's the one. Yeah. Andrea Romano was the was the the voice. She Andrea Romano was the voice coordinator. I can't remember what her credit was, but in the nineties, like Batman the animated series and things like that. You know, um, yeah. Andrea Romano. You'd always see you know voice casting person Andrea Romano, whatever, or the voice director. And I'm thinking, it's Andrew Romano person. I need to get her email because I need to send her <laughs> some samples. You know, maybe I'll get to work with Mark Hamill. Right. You know, which Mark Hamill is a brilliant, oh, wonder brilliant voice. I, I will say it again and again. He's my favorite Joker. He is everybody's favorite Joker. <laughs> he's the Joker's he's favorite the Joker. He's Joker, right. I, yeah. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. like, a lot of like a lot of people I know, I don't know if it's just because I'm in cinematic arts, but they're always like, oh, the cartoon, it's so blah. My favorite Joker is Heath Ledger. And I'm like, I mean... <sighs> Even Heath Ledger would probably tell you, I wish I could have been Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but voice voice acting is such uh, like unappreciated art. I agree. And like I said, I just really appreciate that you are into that because oh, I, I, I always like talk about like my favorite voice actors and mm -hmm. people are like, who? And yeah. then I tell them who they play. They're like, oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that, that all these people were the same person. I'm like, yeah. just literally look at the credits. <laughs> I'm lucky because the, I, I am in, I am in one, there's one podcast, anime inspired podcast that I'm in that I get to do the voice of a villain. Oh, and I love so villains. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's called Eagle Chess Knockout. And I don't, here's the thing about that is like, I don't, watch a lot of anime yeah my kids do i don't i cannot say that i love anime because i don't i don't i don't hate it i just don't love it i don't really understand it yeah but i just like somebody was like here would you do the villain in my podcast and i was like of course i will <laughs> yes i will be your villain 
and and then and so then then I've got two seasons of of me basically you know doing this <laughs> is menacing yeah point. and I love I just love it oh yeah. that's so, so cool that that's really really cool so my final question this is the big question okay what's your go-to dance move oh sitting down <laughs> that is that is my go-to it's like mm. because once I feel I'm not I'm that guy that once I can. I feel that I've bitten my lip. I'm like, okay, nope. You need to stop. You need to sit down <laughs> right now. I felt. Oh, did I just unconsciously bite my lip? Yeah, I'm gonna sit down. Yeah, I don't dance. That that that's honestly <laughs> me. If I were to answer this question, which I guess I'm doing it right now, it would be sitting on my phone in the corner of the room, <laughs> just right. not paying attention. I'll wiggle now. I will wiggle like you wouldn't believe. Man. <laughs> yeah, Mark's getting into yeah, it. Yes, over there. You, you understand? You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Shaking the shoulders, and I will wiggle like nobody's business. Yeah. But yeah, I'm no dance. No dance. <laughs> well, um, I guess that's everything I have. Thank you so much for being my guest today. This was really fun. Well, KP, thank you for having me. I appreciate this, and and uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. I followed the show on Instagram, so I already knew about it when you reached out and said, would you be on it? I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I'd love to be a part of this thing that I already know about because I follow it on Instagram. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm obsessed with podcast and podcasting. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Soda Pop Podcast. Make sure to send any feedback to arts at una.edu or to the DMs of any of our social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or even YouTube. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to join us next time.